Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Atlas VPN. Do me a favor as well. If you guys are new, if you guys are new, please subscribe to this channel. We've been covering the war inside of Ukraine since February, so I can assure you we're one of the better places to get the correct information from. So why wouldn't you want to do it? I, I, at least I think so. I think we are. I'm somewhat biased. But if you guys enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing. Thank you so much. I, I legit stepped away for like 12 hours to work on my other project you guys know about with the other channel. And we, we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming in. we got a bunch of like shelving and racking, and, and we've been shifting the whole warehouse around. And a bunch of stuff happens in Ukraine. Literally, there's so much to catch up on. Uh, the most accurate photo over the last 12 hours or so is going to be the one that is displayed right here. This is like literally everything that has been going on over inside of Ukraine. So according to Russian Ministry of Defense, they claim that as of this morning, as of 5 a.m. Moscow time, all Russian troops have made it across the river and out of Kyrgyzstan. I'm not entirely sure how true that is because we keep seeing videos pop up like this. Yes, those are men from the second most powerful military on planet Earth running on foot trying to get away from Kyrgyzstan. Yes, the second most powerful military on Earth. You see him run it. Now, it really has been a mess from what I could, I could find. And it's exactly how we discussed it was probably going to happen inside the last episode. We knew they were going to bottleneck down inside certain areas. They were going to be absolutely pounded by Ukrainian offensive. That was nipping at their heels the entire time. Um, I was actually sent a text yesterday from, from one of the guys we've interviewed. His name's Anton. You guys remember him? He's been over there for, for I don't know, a couple months now. I don't know entirely where he's at. Well, I know where he's at, but I'm not going to tell you where he's at. I mean, you can figure it out. doesn't really matter. Anyway, he was kind of mocking them because um, he said the only real reason for this tactical maneuver, which was more or less them just retreating, was due to them uh, kicking off that offensive, and then they were going to take Kirsten either way, which is 100% true, and we've been saying this for well over a month now, that Kirsten will fall, and I thought it would actually be happening before Christmas time. I told you guys it's going to happen by Christmas. It's going to happen. It, it has to. Just the way that everything lays out logistically, it actually happened a lot sooner than that, clearly, like a lot faster than I could ever have imagined. <laughs> like, don't worry. We, we talk about Kirsten um, a bunch here at the beginning. We're going to talk about it a bunch at the end because I have a lot of great footage to show you guys of areas being liberated, but we got to go in order to get our daily dose. We all, we, we know, we know we need our daily dose. Ждете, что я сейчас вам объясню свое отношение к этому, то я вам ничего не скажу. Но объясню почему. Если я поддерживаю это решение и говорю, что Министерство обороны поступает правильно, оставляя Херсон, то получается, что это публичные призывы к нарушению территориальной целостности Российской Федерации. В нашем Уголовном кодексе это статья 280, часть 1. Я специально сегодня утром проверял. Несколько лет лишения свободы. 
Если я не поддерживаю это решение, я считаю, что Министерство обороны поступило неправильно, оставляя Херсон. Это публичные действия, направленные на дискредитацию вооруженных сил. Та же самая 280-я статья, только часть третья. Срок лишения свободы приблизительно такой же. Я в тюрьму не хочу. All right, so, so let me get this straight, just real quick. Let me just go over here, uh, if I heard this correctly. So if he supports the decision and says that the defense minister is acting correctly, then he would be publicly calling for Russia's territorial integrity to be violated, which is then against their criminal code and then result in several years in prison. And if he doesn't support the decision and thinks their defense minister has then made a mistake or he publicly like discredits the armed forces of Russia which is falling under a different criminal code and is going to end up in several years in prison. So he was either like making everyone aware that he can't say anything about what happened inside of Kirsten and what's going on in Kirsten because he'll end up in prison either way. Or he was making fun of Russia's criminal code because it makes no sense because they can't say anything about it either way. They either say, yes, you did a good job, but then you're doing, you're saying you did a good job, but you're leaving a Russian held territory. So you're doing a bad, it doesn't really make any sense. Anyway, it's kind of funny. Uh, it must suck to live in Russia. I feel bad for all 9 or 10% of you guys that watch this from Russia. I'm very sorry uh, because you're constantly having to live in fear. That really does suck. Here in America, we don't have that problem. I mean, I, I don't at least. You know, I, I just go about my day, mind my own business, and look up stuff about Ukraine or buy really random storage units and try to sell the stuff on eBay. So there's that. Anyway, we should actually have some uh, funny clips tomorrow to go through about uh, what's going on in Russia from Russian State TV? People trying to explain and come up with like these massive losses, how that's happened, and how they sustained them over the last 24 hours. I bet you we're going to have some pretty decent clips. So Atlas VPN was developed by top cybersecurity specialists in 2019. It was created to make the internet accessible and secure for everyone. Currently, it has more than 6 million users worldwide. Yes, 6 million. This is Atlas VPN's best deal in the market. You get to enjoy the most affordable online protection for just $1.70 a month, plus six months free with an extra 30-day money-back guarantee. Unlock your favorite content from all over the world. You can't access friends or other legendary shows on your Netflix while being abroad. Hey, that's not a problem anymore because Atlas VPN's got you covered. I used them when I was in Belgium. My wife wanted to watch a certain show. I can't really remember the name of it. She couldn't watch it over there. We had to like play like we were in a different country. It was weird. Anyway, she got to watch it. You get to keep your Google searches private looking for something on Google. With Atlas VPN, you can search the web with real organic search results and do it without tracking your activity. That's very important. Do not get your activity tracked. Stop ads and malware. Atlas VPN blocks all malicious links, ads, and trackers and notifies you when someone is trying to steal your data. Save some coins while shopping online. Get the best deals while shopping at uh, Netflix or Spotify, airlines, hotels, and more. You get to also protect all your devices with one subscription. Yes, that is right. You get Atlas Premium for just $1.70 a month plus six months extra with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It is Atlas VPN's offer of the year. So be quick. Get your deal by clicking the link at the very top of the description. Why wouldn't you want to do it? This is like a cup of coffee a day to keep your family safe. $1.70 with six months for free and 30-day money-back guarantee. Check them out. The link at the very top of the description. You need to do it. Go check them out. Hey. Go to get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth. That is get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth. Now, we're going to have a bit of stuff to go over here. So stay with me as we move about the country inside of Ukraine. 
Okay, we're going to move over to some some of the, the glorious mapping that a lot of you guys and gals out there do enjoy, including myself. This is the stuff that really kind of made this channel kind of kick off trying to kind of get it going. So here's my Ukrainian map. I know we're just looking at the front lines. Oh, it looks so glorious down there in the bottom right. We're going to look at that here in a second, but up here in the northeastern side. All right. We got, uh, we got two areas. The Russians have been attempting to retake some lost ground. We got some right here and right there. Two separate areas along the main highway, which makes a little bit of sense. Of course, it's one of the only routes leading into Sivitov, which we know is one of the areas they're going to be pushing for. And they also have an element that's pushing for Makika. Makika. Makvika. I'm great with these names. Both of these make some sense. For the Russians, due to the ground, they're trying to secure and at least... They're attempting to inflict some pain on the Ukrainians, if at all possible. I have seen a few videos of the living conditions from this area, from the mobilized, and it's really, really, really bad. Like, really bad. The wet weather is starting to create mucky, nasty, muddy living conditions, and these men aren't properly equipped to survive the winter that is coming. They also don't seem to be too thrilled to be there, which I wouldn't be either, because the Russians... Well, it's going to cause them a little bit of trouble holding the ground. And even more so, the morale of the troops is diminishing even more so after this massive defeat they have just suffered in the South. Like, how many Russian soldiers right now are asking themselves, why? Why are we doing this? Why am I risking my life for this war that we are currently losing and haven't taken any ground in months? Why are we doing? That's, that's what I'd be asking. Why are we here? I mean, well, when I was in Afghanistan and even Iraq, Iraq for the most part, I was asking, myself, why am I here? This stuff's over with. And then I went to Afghanistan. And I was like, wow, there's only 20 of us here. What is going on? We are, we are getting shot at. Like, what, what is going on? Like, so I, guess, I guess governments do some crazy stuff sometimes. But you know what I mean? So I still believe there's a chance uh, that Ukrainians do control this area entirely by the end of the year. It's all dependent on weather and their ability to actually really utilize the routes that lead into Sivitov. I do think there is a chance. Okay. Now I'm going to shift south out of here. Okay. Shift in south. I know, there's a lot of little squiggly red lines on here. This is pretty much what the Russians have taken over the last three months and sustained like tens of thousands of casualties doing so. So the area outside of Bakhmut is becoming very worrisome for the Ukrainians, okay? So right here on the outer edges of Bakhmut, uh, I'm going to tell you guys right now, they lost a little bit of ground on the southern side of the city, and it said that the fighting is raging, like literally raging right now. And the Russians are, are having a clear advantage in regards to the manpower inside this area. Just north of Bakhmut as well, the Ukrainian 10th Mountain Brigade has regained some lost positions in the outskirts of Yakovika, which is right here. Okay, I know my map is a little bit zoomed out here. I probably shouldn't have done that. If you guys are new to the channel, you'll see the next map here in a second. It's, it's very much more detailed. This was my mistake. Uh, but one of the areas I did forget to mention, though, is Bilovika, which is up here as well. In this area, the Russians have been... Uh, pushing, they've managed to actually break through the Ukrainian lines here and have entered the outskirts of the city itself. I, I don't want to say, I don't know, I, I look back at, at this in this mapping and I have a hard time, okay, understanding what is really going on here in this area, to be honest with you. I don't really understand what is the end goal for the Russians currently here inside the northeastern side of the country. They're losing area around Sivitov. They lost a large amount of ground outside of Lyman, Izium, all, all pushing all through there. You know that. Kupians, they lost all this. The logistical hub, they lost it all. Why are they pushing down here and back not so hard? What's the reason for it? Like they don't have the manpower strength in general to take back large chunks of ground inside of Ukraine and, and, and hold it. And it seems pointless to mount any major offensive to take back ground if you can't hold it. You know what I mean? Like they're, if they're pushing through, they're not probing attacks because they're not going to be able to... You, you do a probing attack to find a weak point in the defensive line to then push through. I don't think that's really the case. So along this whole eastern side of the country and all the way around the southern side, 
it's pretty much nothing going on. Now we're going to keep sliding all the way down here to Kirsten. Oh my God, look at Kirsten. It looks so different, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We're going to go to the close-up map. Yes, this is Kirsten. Oh my God, I got something I want to show. I'm going to leave it like this for now. I want you guys to see something here in a second. So along the eastern and southern fronts, there hasn't been anything. Okay, nothing. All along. Now, when it comes to Kirsten, the Russians have been... Uh, Trying to, or they have been moving their, 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 their elements across the river. So the Ukrainians have also been letting them have it pretty bad. Like I saw a video I unfortunately cannot show here on YouTube. And it's happening roughly around all of these bridges that are going across uh, the southern portion of this front, I guess you'd say. That's the best way to put it. Um, well, I guess it's now the other, depending on what side you are. But you know what I mean. The, 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 the river, the, the front on the river. That's the way we're going to put it. Now, You'll hear the explosions. I can hear the explosions, and it's a very distinct one. Now, the Russians, are, of course, have been attempting to move across this river at night because that makes the most sense, right? But it doesn't help that the Ukrainians have already had these, these crossings located and were prepped for this moment. They knew they were moving. They knew they were going and going, going at night because that's the most logical sense. That's the, only, that's the way to do it. If you're going to do it, do it at night. Do it under the cover, cover darkness. Now, they were mashing down on this retreating button, as the Russians, the troops were, but they were being hit with this airburst. 100% they're being hit with Airbus. And most likely was 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 from the Excalibur uh, shells that we provided to Ukraine. Now, these things are very impressive, honestly. I don't know if you guys know much about them. I'll tell you guys. So, you enter the, the coordinates, the target coordinates of where you want these Excaliburs to, to hit. Okay. Coordinates are put in. Turret aims up. Round shoots off. Once it hits its arc, it then glides. Like that, just glides. Okay. That's the best way to put it. Now, it's going along like a programmed trajectory by GPS, the coordinates are put in, and then it enters like a nosedive. Once it gets over its target, it then straight nosedives like this. Okay, straight down. Now, these Excalibur shells can either be set to explode in midair, airburst, or on contact with a hard surface, or they can penetrate and then go off afterwards, so like a bunker buster. So, in these videos that I heard, they were clearly airburst because they were well, they were trying to inflict as much damage as they possibly could on the retreating Russians. The other two options of munitions were to like bunk bunker busters or to go deep into a, a, I don't know, into a target and go off. Now, it's, it's one of those things where the Russians also have to think about here at a later date, how they're going to stop this from happening on the targets that we already know are there. Like we found a few days ago, like four or five days ago, we found a bunch of satellite imagery of all these new bunkers and trench lines and all this stuff. It's like, what are they? They know that this, like, if I could find this stuff, the Ukra like, imagine what the Ukrainian intelligence has. Like, now, now, in regards to the environment on the ground, it's going to be ever-changing rapidly, but I, I'm making this video not entirely sure if the Russians are being honest about the, the comment with the troops making across 5 a.m. Moscow time. I, I told you all there was roughly 40,000 troops in this entire area right here. There was 40,000 troops, like not even 48 hours ago. I've seen many um, videos like these. <laughs> like there's so many videos of towns being liberated right now. It's, it's somewhat hard to keep tabs on it because the Russians literally just left the positions and headed for the exit. Like I told you guys, no one wants to be the last one to get across this river. No one wants to do that. Like that's not a thing. No one wants that to happen. I, I wouldn't want to happen. Well, 
прямо с колес, с корабля, как говорится, на бал попали. Вот. Переправляемся на другой берег Днепра. Первый раз вижу Днепр, первый раз вижу Херсон. Шервы. Да. И мне теперь понятно, на самом деле, почему происходит то, что происходит. Оборонять здесь город с таким снабжением было бы просто безумие. Тяжеловато это все. Тяжело, горько. Тем более, тут теперь субъект Российской Федерации. Ехали, видели много плакатов в России, здесь навсегда. Ну, посмотрим, что будет дальше. Надеемся, что все-таки как-то сможем отыграть это, что ли, назад. Я еще хочу сказать одно. Все равно, если есть воля в победе, если есть воля к сопротивлению, ничего не потеряно. Надеюсь, вернемся. So that was actually a couple of journalists that were sent uh, sent there to show how big and wide the river was. Like you heard him say this very definitively. Uh, to give their ex expert advice as well. Like why it's so important for the Russians to be moving out of the city of Kyrgyzstan. Why, why the civilian populations out of Russia needs to know this. They need to know it. They also keep hearing the same thing over and over again that they're going to be back here to take the territory and their claim it's, it's now part of Russia, which they did say... And I think they called it a, a difficult subject because there were so many different banners that were that were placed all over Kirsten that said Russia is here forever. And then they were forced out within a month. Like it's very difficult for me to, to, to make any type of educated guess as to when the Russians think they could actually attempt to take back Kirsten because they clearly were so scared of the current assault that was coming out on them was beating them down for the last months and months and months inside of Kirsten on the outs outskirts of it in this region as a whole. They decided to do this. And this is actually of the bridge you just saw a second ago in that last video. Пролета Антоновского моста, вероятно, он был подорван во время вывода российской группировки с правого берега на левый берег. Сейчас по ту сторону наших войск нет. Противник, судя по всему, к этому мосту с той стороны еще не подошел. Вот мы видим, подъезжают местные жители, которые хотели попасть на тот берег. Хотели на тот берег, да, попасть? Очень. На тот берег хотели попасть, да? Да. Там живете, да? Да. Ну, за горчами треба сходить. Да, да. А что вы хотите? Да не, ничего, видите, теперь никак. So they did everything they possibly could to make sure the Ukrainians couldn't get across, and that includes the elderly riding their bikes just trying to get home. So I saw this graphic. And someone made it. It's of the Russian retreat inside of Ukraine, the advancement uh, that the Ukrainians did. And I'm going to tell you guys, I got some satisfaction in seeing it. It was happened so quickly, and I was... Anyway, it's just not something I normally do and say, but today, November 11th, Kirsten has been liberated by the Ukrainians, 100%. I, well, you know what? I say, I'm going to say 99%, okay? I never really do. I never do this. So with me getting enjoyment out of this, and I showed you guys, I thought I would actually give, let you visually watch me uh, update my map so you can get the satisfaction I was... I was lucky enough to enjoy earlier this morning. Now, as you, as you guys are watching, I, I, I do, I don't know, I, I don't personally see how the Ukrainians are going to be able to actually push through this area anytime soon. This, I mean, I already got them circled, but this is what I'm talking about. I don't see how they're going to be able to push south out of here anytime soon. I really don't. Uh, but it is a massive morale boost for the Ukrainian troops and it's like all, across, all across the country, not just down there in Kirsten, but it's a demoralizing hit for the Russians as well, all the way through, like all the way through. I think about this. Um, the Ukrainians, they're going to be able to, to maneuver their heavily artillery pieces within range of these newly built bunkers, which we know, or we know where some of them are. There's some down here, some right here. There's some down over here. Like we know this, 
Like I, I, I know this just <laughs> because it's all but geolocated, but these new built bunkers and these trench systems are just going to get pounded endlessly without having to worry about any type of retaliation. That's going to happen. It's going to be a long, cold, and brutal winter for the Russians as long as they're on this front line down there in Kyrgyzstan. They're not going to have, they're not going to be able to to mount any type of offensive to push across the river because they blew up the bridge, and they're not going to be able to hit anything really on the opposite side. It's just, it's just not going to be, it's going to be bad. It really is. I really, I don't know. Maybe we might see some action over in Zapsorzia that we haven't seen for the last seven months. Like, remember this stuff is going to be ever-changing over the next 24 hours as well. And this is the first time I've ever said this or done this, but I believe Kyrgyzstan has been liberated and we are going to start seeing videos pop up of Ukrainian troops inside of the city itself. We're already seeing videos of, like, civilians riding around freely inside the city, or city itself, uh, waving, like, Ukrainian flags. So the time is coming, the Ukrainian army, to actually make their way there. I'm going to make the assumption they're probably moving a bit slow in hopes they don't get hit by like mines or booby traps that were left behind when the cowards were retreating. So there you go. That's what's going on. Man, a lot going on. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I want to get this thing up quick and out for you guys because it's going to be changing. It's going to be changing so quick. So I do love you guys. I'm out.